McCabe. Welcome to my podcast, World Through a Poem's Eye, in conjunction with my website, marilynonaroll.wordpress.com, where you'll find the poems I talk about and the scripts for these podcasts. Not long ago, I participated in a community bowl-making effort where you glom together a pottery bowl, it gets fired in a kiln, and sold later to raise money for area anti-hunger initiatives. After mooching the clay in my hands for a while to just warm it, I shaped it into a bowl of shape, did some decorations. Then at the last minute, I decided to add a fancy rim, but I suspect it destabilized the bowl. I wasn't able to attend the firing, so I have no idea whether it survived or not, which strikes me as something of a metaphor for making art and sending it into the world. Is my bowl in shatters in a bin, or is someone eating soup from it now? And my poems, do one or two of them occasionally nourish? I was in conversation recently with someone, and we were sharing certain points of emotion, fears, heartaches, and the etceteras of such conversations. And she said, oh, well, that's why we write poems. And I thought, oh, oh, well, no, that's, that's not why I write poems. I mean, sure, do I sometimes figure out personal emotional stuff in, in the writing of a poem? I mean, sure. But sometimes, but mostly I write poems because the process helps me think, as does the product. Maybe that's why I haven't gotten better known as a poet. I'm too thinky, not sufficiently cathartic. My very personal problems I might word out in my journal, but if I'm going to try to make art of them, I ask something else, both of the problems and the words. I have been critiqued as being too distant in my work. I don't know, I'm just me who thinks a lot. This Jane Hirschfield poem interests me because it seems to grapple with all this and makes a lovely bowl of it, cracked perhaps a bit on the edge, as we are each and all such lovely objects. She entitled the poem Rebus, which is such a funny word. A rebus is a kind of puzzle or clever depiction of a name or phrase that uses pictures to stand in for letters or words, as an apple might stand in for the A in apple a couple of trees for the peas. Remember them in Highlights magazine? But the word is also from the Latin word meaning thing. Rebus by Jane Hirschfield. You work with what you are given, the red clay of grief, the black clay of stubbornness going on after. Clay that tastes of care or carelessness, clay that smells of the bottoms of rivers or dust. Each thought is a life you have lived or failed to live. Each word is a dish you have eaten or left on the table. There are honeys so bitter no one would willingly choose to take them. The clay takes them. Honey of weariness, honey of vanity, honey of cruelty, fear. This rebus, slip and stubbornness, bottom of river, my own consumed life, When will I learn to read it plainly, slowly, uncolored by hope or desire, not to understand it, only to see? As water given sugar sweetens, given salt grows salty, we become our choices. Each yes, each no continues, this one a ladder, that one an anvil or cup. The ladder leans into its darkness. The anvil leans into its silence. The cup 
sits empty. How can I enter this question? The clay has asked. We work indeed with what we are given, a certain temperament, lucky breaks or lack of, love or its absences, inclinations, deprivations, insistences, curiosities, penchants. And she gives us all that as clay, red and black, to grasp in our hands, which reddens and blackens our hands, leaving them drying in a sheen of clay, cracking, stiff, smelling faintly of earth and damp stone. She gives us the clay made into a bowl from which we have eaten, well or poorly, a bowl that eventually with time and use may take on a tinge of saffron, a sniff of garlic, all that we've taken in in our lives, what we've made, served, eaten, become. In some ways, the bowl itself becomes a savior, taking our bitter honey. She steps back then to look at the situation, Slip and stubbornness, she suggests, life choices have been made of. Slip, meaning those little oopses that leave us arm-wheeling and off-kilter, perhaps. But also slip is the term potters use for the slurry of clay and water they use to make their made things. In some traditions, in their origin stories, humankind itself is made from a, a bit of dirt, a little water. But even from her new stance, she feels she's not far enough to see her life as the thing she's made. Not to understand it, she tells herself, only to see. She gives us some other images now, the results of our choices. A tool that can get one higher up or lower down. A tool so hefty and flat it can receive hammering. A tool for carrying water, tea. She reminds us how each tool asks something of us can lead us into the unknown, into stillness. And the clay, this clay that is the stuff with which she has formed this life, has she worked well enough with what she was given? The teachers at the pottery class would say sometimes, looks like the clay just doesn't want to do that, if it seemed to push back stubbornly against what hands were asking it to do, or if if it kept cracking against such working. Clay apparently has its own ideas. I've heard myself say similar things about a poem in process. It seems to want to be about something else entirely, as if the raw material of the made thing must be respected, has its own inclinations. I hope in my work with words I'm entering the questions my words are asking. I hope in my work I see and listen closely enough that the questions the words are asking are not just mine, but yours too. I hope the bowl holds firm through the fire so as to carry its soup later, whether I know it or not, whether I sip from it, or you do. And may the work of your own hands be beautiful with your questions. <laughs>